Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown! And the ball game! DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this! It is over! The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo! A 14-yard quarterback draw! Somebody in Vegas told them they were gonna win by 20! And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know what? There's validity in that opinion. ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio Utica Road Heard on 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are And whatever you are doing Via the ESPN app All terrific ways to take in the show But you can also Watch the show Participate in the live chat Throughout the show Get uh, the show within the show, if you will. Uh, when the radio audience goes to commercial breaks, you do not. At a magical place known as twitch.tv slash Talk. Hello, Twitch friends. Great to have you on board. However you're taking in the program today, if you'd like to participate in it, get your voice heard. We mentioned the live chat on Twitch, a great way to get your opinion heard as often as you'd like. You can also call the show at 315-437-7644, and uh, Twitter there for you as well, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. Huge college basketball news out there for the few of you that maybe have not heard to this point. Now, there has not been an official announcement from Duke as of this moment, but multiple reports out there. Jeff Goodman of Stadium, the first to report it, confirmed by various college basketball insiders and it's it's been out there for a few hours now there's been no denials of any sort so it it certainly appears that Mike Shashevsky is stepping down at Duke after this season he's going to coach one more year according to those reports Goodman initially and, and confirmed by others he will coach the 2021-2022 season essentially a retirement tour for coach Mike Shashevsky And then that will be it. So that in and of itself, certainly huge news, certainly a big topic of discussion, certainly something that affects Syracuse, given the insta-rivalry born when Syracuse joined the ACC, the close relationship between Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim, and just because of how massive of a figure Mike Krzyzewski is in the sports world and in college basketball, but it also certainly opens up again that natural question that seems to loom around Syracuse basketball, and that is when will Jim Beheim retire, right? Now it puts it in the forefront because the second longest tenured head coach in college basketball is going to step aside. Jim Beheim has been the longest tenured coach, but with Roy Williams stepping down in April, Mike Krzyzewski, now uh, the questions will turn, of course, right back to Jim Beheim. So we'll Have that discussion again. We'll look at the impact of this. Syracuse is going to play Duke twice this year, so those games already an event would certainly be a bigger event this season 
with fans returning to the Carrier Dome. Syracuse is going to play Duke twice this year, once at Cameron, once in the Carrier Dome. You would imagine 35,000-plus uh, once again in the Dome anyway because fans want to get back in the building and always a big matchup between the two and the natural reasons to try and set another attendance record. But it's going to be the last, the last clash of the Titans in college basketball. So a lot to get into there. We've got some clips we'll listen into. Roy Williams with some instant reaction. They actually caught Roy on the golf course. You know, we'll talk about a retirement storyline. Roy's on the golf course. News breaks, and, and they go find him there. Uh, Jay Billis uh, chiming in, and a number of voices across the sport are starting to react to this and get into it, as we will. Uh, certainly your reaction welcome as we go through the program. We're going to bring in Mike McAllister later. We had a, a conversation planned with Mike that I still want to have about recruiting. The visits are open again. The COVID exemptions are over and official visits can take place. There is a number of official visits lined up for Syracuse basketball recruits, what Syracuse will do over the summer, the tournaments they will go to, the players uh, they are targeting an update on that. And I think you got to add in the part about, well, how does Syracuse get around this? Because one of the things that came out with Coach K, and again, we'll, I'm, we'll certainly hear from Coach K, I'm sure, in an official capacity uh, sometime soon. But one thing that Seth Davis noted from CBS in The Athletic is that Coach K started to kind of get apprehensive about telling recruits he'd be around when he wasn't sure about that, right? Inevitably, you're going to get to that recruit or that class where they're going to ask a Coach K, they're going to ask a Jim Beheim, they're going to ask a Tom Izzo, they're going to ask you know coaches that have been around, and maybe there's some speculation about when they'll step aside. Well, if I come there, are you going to be there for me the whole time? And, and often the case with Coach K, that's a season, right, or two because of the top flight talent he gets. But he said, according to Seth Davis, maybe. There was apprehension there, the transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, just the changing landscape of the sport. I may have accelerated his decision to step aside, but you know we'll certainly let Coach K address that himself if and when he talks to the media. Certainly, I would imagine, in the next 24 hours or so, given the intensity of the reports and how it's all happening. By the way, on the same day that Brad Stevens moves into the front office of the Boston Celtics, Danny Ainge retires as the president of basketball operations shortly after the Celtics get eliminated by the Brooklyn Nets from the NBA playoffs, once upon a time, Mike Krzyzewski turning down the Boston Celtics job as he turned down the Lakers job and you know every NBA team. I think when they get an opening, you just got to make sure, right? Mike, you sure? No? Okay. Just wanted to check before we move on. So massive uh, news out of the college basketball world, as we'll discuss throughout the program. We'll Get in some hot takes on the Yankees. The Knicks play tonight. Huge matchup there. Marv's going to be in the building for it. There is one simple thing that I still can't believe the Knicks are not doing and need to fix tonight if they're going to turn this series around and all that to come. But certainly the Coach K news takes prominence. So let's start there. Coach K retiring and his influence on the sport speaks for itself. He is the greatest college basketball coach of all time. In the modern era, I think John Wooden still holds that title all time historically. But when you advance the game, move it forward, whatever the cutoff is of the modern era, I mean, Mike Shashevsky is it. He has more wins, he has five championships, he 
as all of the accolades that you don't need me to repeat. It just speaks for itself. His influence on college basketball, Team USA, with, of course, Jim Beheim right by his side for three gold medals. He became the name in the sport. And with that comes, you know, the inevitable love-hate thing, right? But through the years, no matter what you thought about Duke, Duke was never caught in cheating scandals. Duke certainly had a, a certain place in the sport, a certain arrogance that comes with being good year in and year out. And, you know, Dick Vitale gets called Dukey V because he feels people feel like he's biased towards Duke. And it's, you know, it's not that. It's just Duke's always good. So when ESPN sends its A-team to call games, the A-team that for a long time included somebody like Dick Vitale is going to be on it. Now Sean McDonough and Jay Billis. And it's because you can set your watch by. But through all of that, right, there were some blips on the radar. Mike Krzyzewski, unlike Jim Beheim, has had a losing season, right? Mike Krzyzewski has had some bumps in the road, including last year. And, again, when Mike speaks, I, I, I'm very curious about what last year said, a season where Duke missed the NCAA tournament. Now, remember, Duke was set to play Florida State in the ACC tournament. There was a thought that if Duke got deep into that tournament that the NCAA might slip them in. They might have played their way in to the tournament. It was still a long shot, but, I mean, Duke is going to get every benefit of the doubt to get in the tournament. But they couldn't even play. That game got shut down due to COVID. So it just ends, right? Right there in the tournament. They don't go to the NCAA tournament. Mighty Duke finishes 13-11. and 11. Remember, there was the Jalen uh, Johnson con- controversy is a strong word, but certainly was a big national discussion through the years, which you know, Jim Beheim opined about, and you know that was a thing for a while. But Duke certainly not up to its standards a year ago. But, I mean, the legacy of Mike Krzyzewski speaks for itself. And it's interesting to see, this is what Jay Billis said today about it, and to see the reaction from the Duke alums starting to come in. As you'll hear from Roy Williams here momentarily, like you know it's coming, but it doesn't make it any easier to process when it is actually in front of your face. Now, I wanted to hear from uh, Jay Bellis first. Uh, this was uh, just a couple hours ago on SportsCenter when the news was breaking. All of us have looked at Coach K as the North Star, uh, as a Duke program, and and he's been uh, the most meaningful relationship that that all of us have had in basketball and, and in, you know, with Duke and to, to all of us, he he is Duke. And so it's a, it's a profound moment. I think for all of us, I'm not sure when I played for him, if I even contemplated how long he would remain there, he's had opportunities uh, to leave and and go into the NBA. I mean, the Lakers at one point offered to make him the highest paid coach in in, uh, sports history. But uh, uh, he's remained there, and, and he's inextricably linked with, with Duke and, um, and always will be. So, so for me, I can't imagine uh, my life without him. I've, I've been extraordinarily grateful to have had him in my life and been such a profound influence on me both uh, in basketball and outside of it. It is that simple. Mike Krzyzewski is Duke basketball, much like Jim Beheim is Syracuse basketball. And whoever takes that job and reports our John Shire on the assistant staff, won a national championship with Duke in 2010, has been on the staff as an assistant since the 2013-14 season, is going to be the successor to Mike Krzyzewski. 
That is the question that I'll be as fascinated as any to have answered, and we're not going to get it anytime soon. Is it Coach K or is it Duke? Is it Jim Beheim or is it Syracuse? Is it Nick Saban or is it Alabama? And the easy answer to that is both. But the coach is the draw. College sports is in this unique position in the sports world where the coach is the bigger deal. In professional sports, that's the exception. It is not the rule. There are certainly names, Bill Belichick with the Patriots, and you go through history, some of the great coaches that have served, Tom Landry, the Dallas Cowboys, and Don Shula with the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it you can go through it, but it's a short list, right? Coaches come and go, but it is the draw of whatever the, the success that team has built through the years. The franchise is the team. It is the Dallas Cowboys. It is the Green Bay Packers. And there's just people that just kind of hold the torch for a while. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in that conversation now. With Beheim and Shashevsky, I mean, they have been the programs since they took over. Now, there was a little run there. They did a great job covering this in the Duke basketball documentary that was on the ACC network recently. Of some early days, they wanted Coach K out of there. And it just goes to show you the different time and era he took over and the patience they had to show with this guy that Bobby Knight coached, had on his staff, and guy from Army who was taken over, and, and there there was a, a time there where they wanted him out of there. Good thing they, they stuck by their guns on that case. But now to be the guy after the guy, and in this case it looks like John Shire, but whoever it's going to be, boy, that's the toughest act to follow in the history of college basketball. Once upon a time that was taken over for John Wooden. I would put this right up there. Do you want to be the guy after the guy? And it also speaks to keeping it in the family, making the transition easy, if, in fact, that's a confirmed plan, which all the reports at this point indicate is going to happen. Roy Williams steps down, what was it, the next day, I believe, or shortly after that Hubert Davis was named the new head coach in North Carolina. Clean transition. I've got a clip from Roy Williams on this that he'll explain that a little bit more in a moment that we'll play, but that's what North Carolina did. It appears that's what Duke is going to do, and the question has always lingered here. When the day comes, whenever that day is, sometime in the year 2055 when Jim Beheim steps down, right, will they keep it in the family? Will that be the move that is made by, we would assume, John Wildhack, but whoever is in the athletic director's chair in that moment? Will that be the preference of the decision makers at Syracuse University? Will that be the preference of Jim Beheim? There was a succession plan in place once upon a time, as we know. A succession plan that was not born organically. It was forced based off of, you know, some NCAA things and decisions made by people in charge at the university and with the rising star of Mike Hopkins as a coach that they didn't want to lose. That plan didn't work. And that is the thing with Beheim here. He is, there is a great song on Bruce Springsteen's new album, The Last Man Standing. And here's Jim Beheim as The Last Man Standing. Now, again, Tom Izzo's out there. Mark Few has been at Gonzaga since the year 2000. There's some longstanding coaches here. But Beheim has outlasted them all and will outlast them all. For how much longer? Well, that's the magic question, right? So 
it's going to intensify the conversation in the interest and the curiosity. Through the years, Jim Beheim has said he's going to coach as long as he feels he's healthy, as long as he feels he can do it, as long as he feels that he's the best coach for the job. And I'm not sure any of that's going to change just based on the fact that Mike Krzyzewski stepped aside. Why would it, right? You're going to keep on trucking, especially when you've got your sons on the team. And I would not assume, I don't want to speak for Jim here, I never would want to, but I would not assume that the natural walk into the sunset with Jimmy and Buddy is going to occur. I think everybody linked that, looked at that, pointed at that. It's a nice natural Hollywood ending. It's a it's a specific endpoint that is nice and it's a nice clean break. But the last thing I would do, and I would advise you that the last thing you should do is assume that's going to be the case. It's been said through the years, and I believe Mike has said this himself, that he didn't want the retirement tour. He didn't want to do that, that when he would step aside, he would just simply step aside as Roy Williams did. So what changed there? What made Mike want to now accept that? Maybe he was talked into it by people that you've earned it. This is something you should do. Mike Waters tweeted this today. I thought it was a great question. What should the gift be from Syracuse? If it was up to me, I don't know if Neil Gold would be willing to part with this, but the coat that Beheim famously Never took off, by the way, attempted to take off and, and put back on quickly when the Syracuse-Duke rivalry was born. Right? I think that would be a unique gift to give to Mike Krzyzewski. But, you know, Jim, Jim and, and Mike are friends, and whatever Syracuse chooses to do, that, w- that would certainly be interesting. But what changed there? What changed about the game and the process of college basketball that made Mike Krzyzewski finally say it's time? Because sometimes that question gets answered for you. You always want to walk away from a job, a situation on your own terms. You obviously don't always get to do that. I have been in a position where I've gone through both. In this business, as they said in The Godfather, that I have chosen. I was laid off by a radio station, and I left a radio station. I've gone through both of them. Getting laid off, boy, I can't believe it was that long ago, but in 2006, I've told people this. It's it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me. But the lessons that came from that, I'll, I'll cherish forever. And I wouldn't choose to go through, but because I went through it, it made me a better person and, and made me, it opened your eyes to a lot of things. I had the opportunity to walk away on my terms from another radio job that I was at. And a lot of people were surprised that I did. I was content with that decision. I was comfortable with that decision. And I will forever be grateful that I was in that position, especially in a cutthroat business like this, where I got to make that choice, right? So when you reach the status of a Mike Krzyzewski, a Jim Beheim, Tom Izzo, again, whatever names you want to put in there, but Krzyzewski and Beheim are the two top longest tenured coaches in the game, it should be their choice. It should be on their terms. They should be able to coach as long as they want, given 
that the, the terms of the job are being met, and in both cases they are. But with Krzyzewski now gone, per the reports, after one more season, the Bayheim succession plan just comes into fuller focus. It's not just one of those kind of ha-ha questions that come up at media day or when he goes on a national radio show and somebody jokes around, but what about you, Jim? He's going to be 77 years old at the start of the season, currently 76 years old. And naturally, now that he's the last man standing, they're going to come again. And I'll be as curious as anybody what he says about that, what Krzyzewski says about why he's stepping aside. And here we sit with history happening before our very eyes. Like, again, you know it's coming. You know it's happening. But that doesn't mean you know how to process it when it arrives. And one day, it's going to happen here. When that day is, no one knows at this point. But it's going to happen. And on that note, we'll break. We'll discuss that a little bit more and how Syracuse steps forward, the recruiting aspects of this. Duke basketball without Mike Krzyzewski, hard to think about, but uh, now a conversation we have to start to have and how this is all coming together here. We will discuss uh, throughout the afternoon. We'll hear from you at 437-7644, the Twitch chat humming along as well. Mike McAllister later to update us on all things Syracuse basketball recruiting as June arrives and things get somewhat back to normal on the recruiting cycle, so we'll get an update on that all on the way right now we get an update on how the market did on this wednesday lee baldwin here to tell us all about that how are you sir good sir uh, always something in your world isn't it brent they're always, always something. that's what i tell people they're, they they ask a lot of questions about this and that is always my answer there's always something happening in the world of sports. Now, i know what's happening in your world today AMC stock going through the roof again. Yeah, it's, that go? Uh, um, stock was up a hundred percent. So my diamonds have got to be the mean stocks, right? Like AMC, but it's uh, here we go again, right? So it's uh, we'll watch this, but uh, uh, they do get my diamonds. So meme stocks up. So it's like saying Tom Brady can play football, right? <laughs> there you go. So, uh, um, and then my dog, and you're gonna have to tell me about this one, a genius. Sports was down seven percent. Wish so, I could. Wish I could tell you. I don't even know what that is. They do, they do uh, high tech data for sports leagues, sports books, but Sweet. also for yeah. So look that one up. I will. Genius Sports. There you go. Thank you, Lee. A Appreciate true partner it, to sport. There you go. You got it, Brett. Appreciate it, sir. That's Lee Baldwin, folks. Go find him. Say hello and have a conversation about all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. They're in Utica. They're in Kaz. You can also find them at LeeBaldwin.com. And we will break on that note and come back. You stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent X. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast because, God forbid, you missed this show. I mean, we know most of you are here for two hours every day that we do this program, and you don't miss a moment of it, right? I mean, how dare you? But on that rare occasion it happens, uh, we take the best of the program.
program, wrap it up in a nice little podcast package for you, which you can subscribe on iTunes to ESPN Syracuse and get the best of this show, the Sportsilla program, Orange Nation, and so much more. So uh, go do that. Do the thing. Be like the hip cats. Listen to the podcast. If you can't be here, you know, like once every five years or so for all two hours of the live edition of the show, either on radio or at the great twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. So, yeah, it's, it's funny. I was just looking at this during the break. If you're familiar with the uh, terrific Twitter feed, Old Takes Exposed, freezing cold takes where they kind of look back on some predictions that uh, let's just say didn't quite pan out with Shashevsky stepping aside the natural spotlight turns to Bayheim. he's the elder statesman he's the last man standing in a way and people are saying well of, of course now when's Jim going to step aside the conversation we have all the time around here and I get asked about a lot when I, I go on visiting radio shows during ACC season, national shows once in a while. I mean, and by the way, not that I have any keen insight into that. The joke I always make is it's it's going to be weekend at Bernie's. He's going to walk over to the bench like, Jim, Jim, right? Like, Jim's going to walk away when Jim wants to walk away. It would appear so. Certainly at this point, like, there's no reason to believe things are going to tail off to the point where they're going to have to wedge him out of there. But listen, things can change in a hurry here. Some of these tweets that, I mean, this is from 2012. 2012. It's almost 10 years ago. Don't gloat too much, Q's fans. If Calhoun's done, Bayheim won't be too far behind. <laughs> Jeff Passan. 10 years ago. I believe this was right around uh, when the Bernie Fine stuff was happening. Jim Bayheim's done. Just a matter of time. There was a cancer in the program, and now everything needs to go. Yeah, no. Ben Hogan, as his Twitter feed says, not the golfer. What will last longer, Herman Cain as a GOP candidate or Jim Beheim as Syracuse head coach? That was in 2011. Seth Davis, once upon a time, asked in 2012, how much longer does Jim Beheim coach over under three years? Wrong, 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 and wrong again, Right? And that's now the the new game, the new assumption is, well, when Buddy and Jimmy step aside, Jim rides off into the sunset with them. Could happen. Will it happen just as a result of that nice Hollywood ending? I don't think so. I mean, it can naturally happen that way. Here's And again, I would never speak for Jim. Lord knows uh, he's got the forum to call into the show. And by the way, we did reach out to Jim, and he respectfully did not want to say anything about Coach K until... This is official, certainly understandable there. So uh, when it becomes official, I, I believe we'll have uh, Coach on. One would imagine uh, that'd be the next 24 hours or so, but we'll see how Duke handles it. I would never speak for him, but look, you win a championship, that's a great time to walk away. That was the only trump card in this whole conversation that would have changed it. But I think nothing's going to change. As long as he feels like he's healthy enough to do it, he's competitive enough to do it, he has an influence on the team. Now, what changes this conversation and what appears to have changed it for Krzyzewski is the new era we're in. Jim seemed ready to embrace the transfer portal. He warned us about the transfer portal, literally on this show during the season. Like, get ready, this is going to be crazy. We talked to Jim the Monday after the Sweet 16, after the loss to Houston, and he said, well, buckle your safety belts, right? 
we were talking to Jim on the air literally as we're having that conversation. We learned about two players that entered the transfer portal. It was fast and furious, and they were ready. They had Samir Torrance in mind. They had Cole Swider in mind. Jimmy Beheim was always kind of an obvious pick, but they had to see what was going to happen with Quincy and would a spot be available there. And, and Jim noted how he wants four forwards on the roster, and it worked out this time, the first time in this unprecedented, unchartered territory that they were in. But is this something that you want to keep dealing with to be a major college basketball coach going into the future? John Shire's going to deal with this at Duke, and henceforth we go. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with a different era of player. You have to deal with a your, the negotiations that essentially go on between a coach and player about role and playing time and all those conversations you have. There's more leverage on the player side. If you're the coach and you say, this is the role I see you having here, which will both help us win and will help you as a player, especially if you're a high-level player that's got pro aspirations, if those two things mesh, great. If they don't, well, there's the portal. See you later. Kadari Richmond did that. Robert Braswell did that. Quincy Garrier did that. How much do you, and I'm asking this rhetorically, how much do you want to deal with that headache? If you're Jim Beheim, Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, right on down to younger generation of coaches, Tony Bennett's got to deal with it, Mark Few's got to deal with it. So what we're going to see here is a transition between, you know, is it Gonzaga or is it Mark Few? Is it Virginia or is it Tony Bennett? The easy answer is both. But the coach has such an influence in the game, specific to college sports, particularly football, basketball, lacrosse to an extent, but college sports cut through all the fat. At the end of the day, the coach is the biggest influence on recruiting, the direction of the program, reputation. How many players to this day, when you ask them, why'd you pick Syracuse? Jim Beheim's one of the first two answers out of their mouth. Plain and simple. So how much can you take if you're Mike Krzyzewski, that reputation that, no, it wasn't me, it was Duke. I mean, he's got a lot to do with it. And it's so unique to Duke because this is not a legacy that you took over. You built it. Now, Syracuse had some success before Jim Beheim. Roy Danforth had some great years, went to the Final Four in 75. There were certain blips of success through the years. Syracuse basketball dating back to the early 1900s, but the machine it is now is because of Bayheim. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here. You guys know this. So, if anything, what we are going to see play out, now we've got one more year here, so the Krzyzewski retirement tour is going to be interesting to watch, how that's handled, and part of the reason, reportedly, he stepped aside was he was getting a little more uncomfortable and, you know, telling a recruit, yes, I will be here, when he didn't know the answer to that. Truly, Right. Jim Beheim's got to answer that question. And there's inevitably going to be a recruiter or a recruiting class where the answer is going to be different there. And Jim is always honest with recruits, right? You have to be honest and you have to you have to also leave open the possibility. My plan is to be here. My health is good. I still like being here. But life is life. Things can happen, right? You don't want a kid to feel betrayed in a way. 
but there's going to be that class. There's going to be that player. You know, we were having this conversation a lot with the lacrosse situation with John Desco, and people brought it up to me. We're like, we've got the number one recruit in the country coming in, and you can't do it now. And I'm like, well, there's always going to be some recruit that you you let you, you disappoint when a change has to be made at a coaching position. Football had to deal with that with Pasqualoni through Marone through and you know he who shall not be named. Basketball's never had to deal with that here. Lacrosse has rarely had to deal with that. Like Syracuse is a unicorn when it comes to that. Duke basketball since Mike Shashevsky walked in the door in 1980 has not had to deal with that. The last, let's say, five six years, the question comes up more. So. I'm going to come here. You're going to be here, right? But think of the majority of the players that matter there. They're only going to be around for a couple of years because that's the game that Duke had to play. That's the And see, that's what I'm curious about more than anything. Krzyzewski adjusted through the years, was hesitant for a while to get into the one-and-done game, but realized he had to, was resistant to transfers, realized at some point he had to. Now with the portal, it's just it's a free-for-all. I didn't bring up Calipari in that discussion, right? Who's who's right there in the thick of it, but has bounced around, but at different places. Not a legacy coach, if you will, but his biggest legacy was certainly forged at Kentucky. Interesting tidbit, not making a comparison. I think Duke's reputation precedes itself here, but given all the talent that has come in and out of that place and the game you have to play and what a reputation is, it's actually Syracuse that has the more recent Final Four run. Now, Duke won the national title in 2015. Duke beat Syracuse in the 2016 uh, Sweet 16. So, like, it's somewhat of a moot point, but I do think it's interesting that the way this works how important the tournament is and anything can happen when you get into the tournament, a program with Duke's reputation, talent, pipeline, everything. If I'd asked you which of these two programs has been to the final four more recently, you know, if that's a family feud question, Duke's going to be the number one answer, but guess what? It's Syracuse. Just one of those weird quirky things. Syracuse and Duke have had a great series an instant rivalry born since they got to the ACC, and now this year, as the schedule worked out, two games with Duke, one at Cameron, one at the Dome. So we don't have the dates on the schedule yet, obviously. Those will trickle out as, as the summer goes along and the ACC makes their schedule. But th- that Syracuse-Duke game was already going to be an event with fans back in the building, and we'll see what happens in terms of capacity. And how many people can come in vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. It's been interesting to watch a lot of baseball games. They've got the, the I was watching a little bit of the Buffalo Blue Jays against the Miami Marlins last night, and they showed the vaccinated section, and everybody's just hooting and hollering, having a good time at the good old ball game. And then there's the non-vaccinated section where everybody's spaced out. It's it's almost like you're you know going into a section, you're going back like six months, what the world was like. How are things back there in March of uh, 2021? So I don't know what the capacity levels are going to be at the Dome, but when Mike Krzyzewski comes to the Carrier Dome for the last clash of the Titans, 
there's always the chance they can meet in the ACC tournament. But the one we know about, just add it to what has been an incredible series between these two. And think of, you want to talk about things changing? Jim Beheim and Mike Krzyzewski never wanted to play against each other. Refused to, just no. Until they had to, right? Until the ACC came along. It's like, well, now you kind of have to. And I'm so glad it happened. And Syracuse fans, and I think everybody involved, is glad it happened. But there's another thing that changed. Like, we're not playing each other unless we have to in some sort of tournament setting. Now it's become a regular thing. When they meet this year, not that it wasn't significant prior to this because they still were the two longest-tenured coaches in college basketball, but when they meet this year, knowing it's it's over, this is the last time, there'll be a little more juice on that. And they'll always say it's not about them. When that game comes along, and it, especially when it first started, it was Bayheim and Shashevsky and the Legacies, they always did, no, 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 no. You can't do that this year. <laughs> I'm going to say that now. Well, you can't play that game this year because it is about you. It's going to be about you this year, no matter how good or bad the teams are. How amazing is that going to be? As Roy Williams said, I played the clip earlier. You knew it was coming, but even though now it's here, it's on our doorstep, people are still processing it, seeing some reaction from Duke players today, hearing some reaction from Duke players today. More to come, obviously, when they make the official announcement. I would imagine they'll have a press conference and do all the uh, formal things here. It's going to take a while for people to settle in, even though you had to know the end was near. And we're going to go through this at some point here. But think about generations of Syracuse fans that have known nothing but Jim Beheim as the coach. Jay Billis made the North Star reference. Let me play the clip real quick before we break here. Here it is. All of us have looked at Coach K as the North Star uh, as a Duke program. And and he's been uh, the most meaningful relationship that, that all of us have had in basketball and, and in, you know, with Duke. And to to all of us, he, he is Duke. Now, just apply every word he said and interchange Jim Beheim and Syracuse. Really, not that that wasn't the case yesterday and won't be the case tomorrow, but with the news of Coach K, it just kind of accelerates that status. And on that note, we will break. We will return, and we will see what young Tommy Gunn has for us on the blind side. You stay right there.